This is my comeback story. This is my comeback story. This is Trey Lewis with Good Landing Recovery, and you're listening to The Comeback. What's up, guys? Good to be back. I'm here with my man, Kegel. How are you, sir? Good. How you doing? Good. Good to have you on here. We are going to be talking about the elements of a comeback story. I'm here with one of the greatest miracles to ever come through Good Landing, my man Cagle Collins, uh, also hails from my hometown of... Cl- Are you from Clarksdale? Yes, sir. From okay. So if y'all don't know where Clarksdale is, I highly recommend that you go ahead and book a vacation there immediately. You can choose probably between the Hampton Inn or the Shack Up Inn. And um, anyway... It is a place where a lot of blues enthusiasts make their pilgrimage every year. But anyway, though I love my hometown, and they have some of the most incredible places to eat that you could ever imagine. Um, But I am here with my friend Cagle, who has been through Good Landing a few times, never completed it until this time, and have watched his life at different times, you know, really spiral out of control. And I'm sitting in front of a miracle today, a man who is poised with confidence, who loves the Lord, who is growing spiritually and physically and mentally every area of his life. He leads men and women out of active addiction. Um, He is a trusted member of this team. And as I said earlier, things weren't always this way. And he is known the depths of active addiction um, and has seen those consequences um, in ways that I'm sure that he wishes that he never would have seen. But Cagle, you are here today and we would love to hear your story, man. So yeah, I'm from uh, Clarksdale, Mississippi. I grew up with a, a great childhood. You know, farmed and welded and worked on cars my whole life. And uh, I got introduced to drugs at a young age from a car wreck I was in. Wow. And uh, we were at a high school party one night, and I was with all my friends, and I got prescribed pain pills, and I got hooked on them instantly. And uh, it just, I took off smoking weed and, and taking pain pills every day. And that escalated into other things, and it, it got worse and worse. And I continued to try to keep a job. I couldn't hold nothing down, you know, always fight with my family, uh, wrecking cars, ended up in the hospital, overdoses. And yeah, that know. life, man. How, how old were you whenever you got introduced to opioids? I was 15. And so instant addiction, drinking on top of them. When did it really escalate? Like at what point did you get introduced to, to illicit drugs? I would say about the age of 17, six, seven, 17, I was full-blown opiate addict, uh, smoking weed. Where were you going to school? I went to a French camp. I dropped out and got my GED, and then went to Cahoma Community College, got my welding certificate, and then enrolled in Starkville and got in trouble. I caught some charges, and uh, I got charged, and I ended up getting on more charges in Oxford, got put on drug court, and then I got introduced to the needle. And then that's when... How old were you when that happened? I was 18. Okay. And then your and so your your mom, who I know loves you desperately, uh-huh. is an incredible woman. I mean, w- just what what's what's going on in that relationship during these years? She's trying everything possible to 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 get me to stay right, stay sober. 
And I mean, she's constantly getting a new phone call every weekend. I've done flipped a car or I'm overdosed in another city or I'm arrested. Been, you know, I went to prison for five years. I've been to over 25 treatment centers and it, nothing ever just got my attention to stop. She just kept trying, trying her best. And I would continue to give her sleepless nights crying, worried about where I was or who I was with or, you know, and it, it just, it never ended until I finally hit the end of the road this time before I came back to Good Landing. You get introduced to the needle and she's trying to, to intervene. You're not checking up. How old were you when you went to your first treatment center? Six, 17. So 17 first treatment center. You said you went through 25? 25. Wow. So you're going through, you're, you're hearing what they're teaching you. Now, a lot of people think that, you know, treatment centers don't work or somebody may show up here and say, oh, the last treatment center didn't work. And while I believe and know that there's some bad programs out there, typically most programs can produce somebody that is clean if they want to be clean, like right. the essentials and everything that they need. So you're hearing this. I mean, wh what's taken you, you know, 25 treatment centers to, to get wh wh where's the, the breakdown in your life so i all the treatment centers i've been to i could i could pretty much myself teach the class because i already knew what was going to be said i just i never cared enough to put the effort into really getting clean it was more of a vacation when i went hey i can go for a few weeks few months get get sober and get higher when i got out or or i'd get this if i go to treatment i'm gonna get this when i get out or you know, I just, it was always for some other reason, or I was trying to get the PO off of me, or, or get my family back, or get a girl back. It was never Kegel need to go get myself right and actually care enough to do it until I had to go keep trying and trying until I finally figured out that I, it wasn't for me. You know, I had to. Where were you at, like, pain level? Like, what what's driving you? Are you somebody that you would say that was just. You know, that you were medicating a lot of pain. You know, was it covering up fear? I mean, what do you think some of the big drivers were of, of your addiction? Oh, so I was all, I just, I never had any, any, like, never went through any experience that was just crazy in my life that would drive me to get high. I just, when I got, I just loved the feeling, the experience, the lifestyle that came with it, the trips I got to take, the friends that I had that had, the, the resources for me to go have a ton of fun because I, I wouldn't, I didn't come from money growing up or anything, but my friends, I was the guy that could get stuff to fit in. And that's what I was, you know, I was, and that, the lifestyle that came with that, it was, it was you know, I, I could never get enough of it. I just wanted more and more and more. And then I got so hooked on it and it just. So it, you're this, you're this connection to all these people. You had the, the, the connection to be able to get the drugs. And so it's ultimately fulfilling this need of yours that you want to be able to come through, that you yeah. want to be, you know, I don't want to dumb it down and say like you're trying to be the man, but you're getting acceptance of being able to deliver to these people that had the same interests as you. You just had the connections to be able to yeah. go and get it. You know, it's always interesting to me of, of somebody, and I watch you come through all the time for clients. I mean, anything that I trust you to go and do or entrust into your care, it gets done. It gets done with excellence. And, you know, the drugs, you know, always the, the counterfeit, you know, that we, um, us that have known that life, you know, we're typically looking for love in all the wrong places, yeah. as they say. 
and not realizing what seems like so much fun on the front end ends up being a self-made prison that, you know, we spend, you know, in your case, 25 failed attempts at, at trying to get clean. And so now we're here, you're walking in freedom, you're leading people. I mean, what are some of the elements, you know, is, is right now as we think about who's going to be listening to this, I mean, it's going to be parents, you know, it's going to be other people in recovery that need to be encouraged, but there's going to be a lot of guys and girls that are listening to this, that are on the front end of this journey. And they're saying, I'm tired of this, but I don't want to go through 25 treatment centers. Like, how do I get what Kegel Collins has? What are some of those elements of of your comeback story? I was at a low place in my life where I didn't care if I if I had a wreck and died or if or if I did a shot and died. I, I just I knew whatever I was doing was not going to work for me anymore, and I had to be fully committed this time when I came. I knew that it was time to change my complete life all the way around. There was no other option in my head but death. And I mean, I, I've tried it, and I, you know, the Lord didn't take me every time I tried. I always came back from it, from the wrecks and overdoses, and it was just finally enough. This time when I came to to to, to make the commitment to change my life, and I, I didn't, I came for me this time. I didn't come to to do anything else for anybody but myself. And I haven't even called one person from back home. My mom, I mean, I called my mom, of course, but that's it. I don't I want to know anything from my past. I, I, I came here for a new life, a new start, a new beginning, and, and to make something of myself. And uh, it, it's it, it's awesome being here and being a part of this. And it's, it's rough in the beginning. And if you could just get through the first few weeks, months, and you just get your head clear, to get on, on on a path of, of the right way and whatever it looks like for you. You know, for me, it was going to church, you know, being around the guys, being in a community that supports me and has my back, and, you know, and just the, the support here and the love and the care and everything that comes with it, having people to talk to that can relate to you, that, that know what's going on, and, you know, just having that in your life, it, it makes it a whole lot easier in the beginning other than trying to do something that you're just not all the way committed to do yet just to have the support to back you up. I know whenever I think about times before being in a toxic relationship, mm-hmm. I know that was always a big player in in your downfall. I mean, I think you've probably wanted it for a while. I mean, every time that I would see you along the way, that 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 when you would go back out there and do more research or you know relapse, that it would always get really bad really fast for you. Um, and, and this time seeing, Hey, I'm willing to cut off those relationships. I mean, you want to speak to that? Yeah. So I was in a very toxic relationship for five years before, before I came back this time, which was, I was in the first time I came and I had a miscarriage and I blew out over the first time when I, when I, when I came and it, it, I went and tried some more and didn't and came back and my grandma died and then I blew out and, uh, and I came back and I was just, I blew out for her again and, and I wasn't ready and again. And I finally, you know, I left that alone and I haven't talked to the person that I was with before I came since I've been here. It's been seven months and I haven't had one contact, one word, nothing with her. And I mean, I, it, it was a huge help not having that burden or having to worry about if she's going to call saying, I need you now, leave, jump on a plane or, or, or a bus and come home. I need you now and all the excuses. And when I get there, it's just, let's go get high together. 
you know, it, 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 it crippled me and, and, and women always have crippled me. Like I was a, a, yeah. a bad downfall for me. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. I can relate to that. That's for sure. Funny story about Cagle. And I think this really demonstrates one of my favorite stories to tell on Friday nights. And, and, I, and I tell it because it shows the drastic change. And no matter, I mean, I think especially for the parents and some, some of us that are, that, are, that are listening right now of, you know, that might have a tendency to have an explosive personality. I always love that the Apostle John was known as a son of thunder, which means that he was likely explosive like I can have a tendency to be. But Cagle, um, I don't know, maybe three years ago, whenever we first opened, I mean, we were a really, really small program at the time. Uh, Cagle had decided to leave, and um, I was pleading with him not to leave. He left anyway. He went down to the rental car place. I get a phone call from him a few minutes later, and he was asking me, the owner of the treatment center that he just left, if I would be willing to let him use my credit card to rent a rental car so that he could get back home. And I declined. And then he went over to a U-Haul and somehow did a cash deal with the U-Haul place. I'm assuming that they rented him the largest U-Haul trailer in their fleet. So he pulls up in this thing that probably just a little smaller than an 18 wheeler. I'm exaggerating, but he pulls into the parking lot while I'm gone. And I think I may have had a couple of staff at the time. So he decides to come in, cuss out my staff, and I couldn't get back over here quick enough. Takes his duffel bag that he had with um, that he was going to travel with, and instead of throwing it in the front seat with him, no, mind you, nobody is traveling with him. He opens the trailer of this huge U-Haul, puts it in the back of the trailer, closes the trailer of the U-Haul, and then peels out of the parking lot in the U-Haul trailer in epic fashion. And now he is here today. And like I said, he's leading people. He's incredible. He's got um, just one of the best comeback stories and a relentless focus. You know, you hear people say all the time that, man, if you could just take the effort that you spent going after dope and bring a fraction of that into recovery, I mean, you're going to prosper in ways that you never thought were possible. And that's just what I see from Cagle day in and day out. He's consistent. He's a man that can be trusted today. And um, he just brought out so much good stuff. You know, you talked about friends and who you chose to hang around this time, who you process life with, and applying the basics day in and day out. And you've just walked through so much. You help so much on a daily basis and can't say thank you thank enough. Thank you. I love I love being here. It's an awesome place. I would highly recommend. I appreciate it, man. Guys, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. It is a privilege and an honor to be able to serve you. If you or someone in your family is struggling with addiction, please give us a call. It's 770-570-7422.